Hey, and welcome to the Watchful Podcast. I'm Steve Birch, and I'm here with my partner, Vic. This is the final episode of the very first season of the Watchful Podcast. We're going to take a short break for the, the summer months. And today we have a special guest, Vic. Who do we welcome to the Watchful Podcast today? Hey, it's a real treat. We're welcoming me. Who else? Wait, you? We're interviewing you today? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I like talking to myself, and uh, this is kind of a, a bit of a change. I get to have someone to talk to myself with me. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I can get some interesting stories out of you, Vic. It's been quite a roller coaster ride over the last year or so with Watchful. Yeah, it's been a kind of busy, crazy, fun, exciting, maybe two years, year and a half, two years for sure. Well, take me back. When did those exciting two years start? From what I've heard, you ended up buying out your partners of six or seven years. Originally, Watchful was a partnership. And at the beginning of this exciting cycle, you ended up becoming the sole owner of Watchful? Yeah, that's right, Steve. I think you and I have maybe have had this discussion many years ago. We've known each other quite a while now. A 50-50 partnership is, is probably always a bad idea, right? Because no one can make the final decision. 100% of the time, a 50% partnership is a bad idea. <laughs> exactly, right. So I learned that the hard way, despite your uh, your good advice you gave me. So yeah, our partners um, are the, the boys at Initis. So it's a web shop in Switzerland, a great bunch of guys. And yeah, I think we just kind of, well, two things happened. One is that they kind of lost interest in Joomla. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about state of the Joomla project a little later on. Uh, but they started to move away to uh, other CMSs uh, like uh, October, I believe, is their, one of their focuses. And also websites built on uh, Angular and other frameworks and that sort of thing. And Watchful, of course, is heavily invested in Joomla. It's our primary user base. So I think they lost some interest in the project. And uh, from a business point of view, I, I think we had diff different goals. And my interest was to grow and expand, in particular, into the WordPress area, obviously a, a massive market. And, and I think they were interested in staying a little more, uh, a little more niche, a little more, yeah, a little smaller. And so you know, we had a kind of period of, of a year or so where not much happened. And that 50-50 partnership meant that it was hard to make decisions on going to a conference, sponsoring, hiring, <laughs> investing really or doing anything at all. And so eventually uh, we got the money together. They accepted our offer and yeah, I became the full owner, I believe this past January 1st would have been the one year anniversary. So it would have been January 1st, 2019, I guess was my first day as a solo owner. It might've been December 1st, 2018, if I think back a little more carefully. But yeah, so bought them out and then then we had freedom to do basically whatever we wanted. And so we had to rebuild the team, rethink the project, kind of get everything up to speed, almost like starting over again in some ways. Yeah, your partners were pretty technically talented people, good developers, good designers. You had to replace quite a lot of the, the talent that was driving Watchful Forward. Yeah, it's certainly at least driving it in the in in the initial years, absolutely, and and maybe the first five years we call you know stage one for Watchful, and maybe now we're in stage two. So in stage one, that's absolutely accurate, and I was lucky that one of the uh, original developers we hired, Francesco Abini, who lives in Italy, we had worked together in the early years, the first two three years of of Watchful. He went on to do some other projects at some point, 
and came back and was, I was very happy that he agreed to come and be our CTO for kind of this transition period from being a, a partner to being a sole owner. And he's just turned out to be great. His business has grown, our business has grown, kind of grown together, I guess. So he was the kind of key person to come in, knew the architecture, knew Watchful, and then could help us kind of restart. And one of the most important things, it's it's so boring <laughs> to talk about, but it's so super important, documentation. I mean, we had lots of documents, but I wouldn't say that as a company, we had a properly documented system. And so we took a few months just to document what Watchful was. It's a complex system, lots of moving parts, getting that done. So other people can join and help. Maybe one of the one of the best things we ever did. Well, Watchful had grown organically, right? It was originally a Joomla extension that was available on the Joomla extensions directory. And then over the years, you started to put together a SaaS app around it. And so originally it was PHP, it was a Joomla extension, and then you added an Angular app, and then there was a WordPress site added. It ended up being a a pretty complex platform as it evolved over the over the years. Absolutely. And and one of the strengths I think is that we're pretty good at integrating other services, generally by a API. And so we bring in those other things like uptime monitoring, uh, SSL monitoring, malware scans, things like that. So those are all third party services that that get integrated. In some cases we'll take a, an existing software tool and make a, our own little internal service but then we integrate that into Watchful and it can, and it can exist as a standalone service. We package it all up and we use it. We use our own API then, which brings all those things together in one place. But then other people, of course, use our API for their own purposes. So they don't have to worry about integrating all those things. We've done all that. They can use access our API to have one place, one set of instructions, you know, to, to build whatever tool or enhancement that they want. So how did you feel on day one after you became the sole owner of Watchful? Were you feeling, oh my God, I've got so much money on the line here. I have this enormous complex app I need to update. Or were you feeling more excited and full of ideas for the next couple of years of Watchful? I think my excitement, uh, when we signed the agreement, I was very excited. Once you, once you get started and it's just you, there's certainly, you feel the responsibility. Uh, money is on the line, as you said. Uh, we're halfway through our uh, loan payback, so that's something we have to keep keep in mind, I can't really relax until those debts are paid. And then if something were to happen to the business, well, at least, you know, the, the debts are sorted. And so that's, as a business owner, never had that in, in stage one of Watchful. That's definitely something I've had to get used to. And I wouldn't say I welcome it, but I would definitely say I've gotten comfortable with that as a kind of a normal part of business. Just in all the years I've been doing this kind of thing, it's not something I ever really had to worry about. So that's for sure. So there was some, the excitement that I initially had was then, you know, muted a little by that sense of responsibility. And then I, I think there was, it's hard, hard to put into words, but I'll, I'll just tell you what was happening. There's so, after and we had this pause, like I said, 12, 14 months, something like that. All these ideas I wanted to do, all these great features and things I wanted to do. But Francesco, our CTO that I mentioned earlier, he said, Vic, we've, not only do we need to document, we need to refactor, we need to you know, shore up bugs, we need to kind of get this in a place where we can grow again. So, hey, slow your, <laughs> he gave me some good advice, slow your, slow your roll a little, cool your heels, 
let's make the groundwork, the infrastructure solid so that then we can build and be confident and know where things are, know how to fix things, know how to troubleshoot, have proper workflows, proper processes. We've talked a lot on this pod this season about the successful agencies that are using process. I mean, we didn't have firm processes for everything in Watchful. And so putting all that, it's the slow, painful, tedious stuff that makes a business successful and gives it sustainability. So it's important, but it's hard to get excited about documentation. (laughs) So after the acquisition, there was a, a learning and documentation phase and it took a while before Watchful could really get up to speed. You're feeling that now the pace of new features, the pace of innovation is much faster. There was definitely that initial phase where you had to do a lot of the groundwork, but now you're able to move at a much quicker pace? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're launching every week. We're Usually every week we have something coming out, sometimes as a gap week, depending on what's going on. Sometimes we'll take a little break internally and say, okay, let's refactor this part of the code base. Let's rethink how or why we might be doing that. Definitely, and, and people can people have been following the blog, they, they know, and, and following this uh, podcast, maybe they, they have some idea. Because we've been talking to a lot of our big customers or, say, long-term customers on the pod, and they talk about to us about all the, you know, they're really excited about the new features that come out. We also spend a lot of time talking to our customers and saying, what what's important to you? How do we get you more value or bang for your buck? And so we've definitely increased the... Uh, capacity. We have three developers working on Watchful. Uh, we also have uh, Valentin, who's probably, I've worked with him longer than anyone, I think, uh, maybe 12, 13 years now we've working together. We put him through programming school. He lives in Romania in a small town. And so he did a three-month course there. And so he's kind of a, a junior developer who's still learning, but experimenting and giving us you know resources for smaller tasks. But anyway, so a lot more focus on development for sure. You have an entirely European team now, even though you're based in the Midwest of the US, all your developers or your support staff are in Romania, in Italy, in Germany. It's an entirely European team. Yeah, that's right. It actually, it's really just accidental. Francesco is from Italy and and I, I connect with him early on in the acquisition discussions to make sure I had a solid, someone with a solid understanding of our technology to, to come on board. But we've been building that team in Italy so that Francesco is easily, more easily able to manage the technical side of things. The Romanian connection, of course, uh, Valentin and I have been working together back when we were selling plugins for years and years and years. So that's there. We did hire uh, someone who Joomla and WordPress folks will know, Corey Webb, who is a really talented uh, developer. You know Corey quite well, Steve. And uh, he's in Texas, of course. So he was on board for six months, I think, until we transitioned to expanding the Italian office. So we have had some U.S.-based development. But Europe, actually, uh, I've kind of realized over time, it just kind of fits a good... It's a good sweet spot for us. So we, uh, all of our infrastructure, it's on AWS, on Amazon, but it's all our data centers are in Europe either Ireland or Germany. And so that makes sense. That's kind of a GDPR decision, but our technology is primarily hosted in in Europe. Our dev staff is in Europe, and that's a good mix for our Western customers in uh, in the West, but also Asia, uh, South Pacific, India. So those, those time zones from a support and just kind of a response time issue, Europe is a good fit for us. And our main user base is in Europe anyway, so it all worked out. Well, it did end up with one of the weirdest situations I've been in for some time. 
we had the Watchful annual meeting a few months ago in February, and we had people fly in from Italy, from Romania, from the US, from Germany, all meeting up in London. And this was maybe a week, maybe two weeks before the the coronavirus really exploded into, into the public sphere. And we had all these people from Italy sitting in, uh, from Italy, from around Europe, sitting in a room together in London and starting to hear all the the first noises of the coronavirus coming in and out, and we were making some, perhaps some slightly bad taste jokes. Francesco, Italian guys, you've made sure that your hygiene is good before you've come right. It ended up being a, a really good meeting, but at a very, very strange time. Yeah, it's funny. I was there for a personal trip prior to that annual meeting, and we were out at big sporting events, packed tightly on trains, and all kinds of stuff that oh, I, I look remember. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and we look back thinking we just were so lucky. And in fact, one of the people who were on the personal trip uh, with me came back and got a very serious case of influenza A on the plane ride back. I was on a different plane because I stayed later for our conference. But looking back, we're wondering, I don't know that he actually got an influenza A test. As Doc said, it was probably, you got the symptoms of influenza A. He very well might have had corona. And we just, you know, it wasn't really on our minds at the time. One thing stood out about the hotel, Steve, where we had the conference, and I don't know if you noticed, but it was a Chinese-owned hotel. It was a very nice hotel we had, and they had hand sanitizer all over. I never connected those two. Yes, they had literally everywhere around the hotel. And at the time, of course, Wuhan was exploding in cases and China was locking things down. So for them, it was a very, very big deal already. In Europe and in in America and in Canada, it had not really kind of gotten very serious yet. At least the governments were taking it seriously. So I just noticed that the sanitizer was there and someone said to me, maybe my daughter said, yeah, but dad... Because I mentioned this to her on the phone when we were speaking one night after one of our meetings. And she said, yeah, but dad, you know, hand sanitizer is for bacteria. And, you know, my career, you know, I have a, a lot of training in biochemistry. I was a professor for a while. I think about these science angles quite a lot. And so I said, yeah, she's, she's right. And the next day when we went back to the room, I looked at the sanitizer and it was specifically virucidal, meaning virus killing hand sanitizer. And I don't think I had really ever seen or heard of that before. But I think this Chinese owned hotel, they were hearing from, I guess, their owners in China, get this virus cleaning material in every room in the building. That was my thought anyway, at the time. This was an international hotel with people flying in from all around the world. They must have expected that the virus would be in London fairly soon. And it That's was. right. We yeah, and we got very lucky. I mean, that could have been stuck in England for a few weeks, you know, or a few months if we had timed it differently. So has the coronavirus impacted Watchful? Has it impacted sales at all? I know that we have quite a few staff members in Italy. Has it impacted the pace of development? Those are really, really good questions. Uh, so on the business side for Watchful, you know, we've had a small, I think we've been affected a little by corona, not the first few weeks, but I'd say... From when we started lockdown, what was that, Steve? Late February, early March? Well, I'm in Florida. We never really did start lockdown. <laughs> That's right. Even now. It's right. <laughs> I forgot you live in Florida. So I want to say three or four weeks into the Wisconsin lockdown or the, the greater U.S. lockdown, we noticed some folks saying, hey, we need to pull back expenses. And we did see some, definitely see some cancellations. Some folks we helped out if they needed, you know, giving them a little, you know, relief on their uh, monthly billing. 
But primarily, and I, and I from speaking with the other web related agency owners, most folks seem to be getting more business or no change in business as companies go online more and more to compensate for their closing of their in-person operations. So we haven't had a big effect, but it's not, it's, it's a small effect, but I would say after the first, after six weeks, it kind of flattened back out again and we went back to kind of more business as usual. So that's from the business side. From the staff side, I think we have more more space for development. Developers had more time to dedicate to Watchful. And we were doing, I'd say, more development. I think in the last two months, we put out more features in the last year combined or the prior year combined. So we've had quite a bit. And we've been able to hire a third developer, as I mentioned earlier, who's uh, coming on board now. I'm not sure what Corona's got coming up in the next few months. Looks like some places, at least in the U.S., are going to have another spike what that means around the world, I'm not sure, but so far we're doing okay. And I think many, many people in the web space are because, you know, we spoke with Red Sage last week and uh, Adam Silver a few weeks ago, the Monster Contracts folks, Nathan Ingram we spoke with, those folks are all seeing more demand. So I'm confident and, and hopeful that we'll see, will we'll be part of that growth. Yeah, it's really been one positive to come out of this is that a lot of people who we know, a lot of people that we talk with, a lot of people in the web business have been seeing at least steady business or quite often growing business because so many budgets are being redirected from offline spending to online spending. And at Watchful, agencies and web agencies probably make up about 90% of the customer base. That's right. And and maybe 100% if you think about, I think that that 10% we're saying are not agencies, are freelancers who just haven't quite decided that that they're technically an agency already. <laughs> it's, Watchful doesn't really have a role if you have one site. I mean, you, you can still use it. I guess we have a handful of customers with one or two sites, but most of our customers have five plus sites. So if you're managing five websites, maybe you're managing five personal websites, I guess, as a hobby, but probably 99% of those folks are small agencies. Oh, we use it at Joomla too. We're probably yeah. uh, one of that small 10% using it to power all of Jumlashek's extension demos and template demos too, and a couple of universities, I think, and a few a few other odds and ends, but the vast majority are definitely agencies. Yeah, that's right. And we have a few other template shops who are managing their demo sites and keeping them updated with Watchful. So that's not a big slice of our customer base, but they have lots of sites because they're putting out you know new demo sites every month or <laughs> whatever they're doing. You know. So maybe six, seven months ago, we put out a post asking agency owners what they wanted from Watchful. And there was an enormous flood of requests. How did you manage to process all the different requests from agency owners and prioritize what you were going to build at Watchful? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, there was a lot of feedback, but it was actually pretty easy to go through. I mean, the graph, you know, we asked people to rate what their most important features were, and they were not shy about telling us what exactly was was most important. And certainly, reporting came up as the highest interest level of, of all our users. And I mean, that makes sense. That's how, you know, if, if a client of an agency can take a report and give it to the client, and that report tells their client, this is the web owner, for example, you know, all the work that's been done on their site for the last week or month or quarter, whatever reporting period you're talking about, then that justifies for the agency their recurring maintenance package billing. 
And we definitely recommend those kinds of billing packages for all agencies, big and small. And all the successful agencies we've interviewed on this podcast are using some sort of maintenance plan. And uh, they're trying to increase the recurring revenue part of their business. And most of the time, it's through a maintenance plan, a care plan, et cetera. You know, it's a fancy word for retainer, really, right? That's what we're talking about. I've been on a very similar, a very similar tip with extension developers in Joomla. Whenever I talk to an extension developer, I try and persuade them to move to recurring revenue. And I've had a couple of successes in convincing developers to move over. I tell them that recurring revenue is what's going to help them still be a Joomla extension developer in a few years. And the same is true with agencies, right? Every time we talk with an agency, I ask them how much of your revenue is from one-off sales and how much is from recurring revenue. And the more that comes from recurring revenue, the better they're doing right now. Absolutely. And then as they get new customers, of course, then you get to also you get the project work, which is a great, usually a, a it's usually a boon type, a bonus type situation for an agency. And then you also get then on the back end, the recurring. And so when we do this kind of work, we actually sign them up for care plans. We don't do much of this kind of work anymore, but we sign them up for a care plan right away. We just don't start the billing until the launch date of their website. As soon as the cycle, so everything up to the launch date is basically covered in the in the project fee. But we're still using Watchful to to manage the various aspects as we go through the development process. You know, day one from development to day say four months in, extensions need to be updated. Backups still need to be occurring because maybe you broke something during development you want to roll it back you know so it's it still has that use we just don't bill for it until launch date and then the recurring part starts so improving reports has been a, a big focus for us uh, we've been working on notifications backups are a kind of a pillar a core feature of watchful and so we've been improving our backups the stale backup notification system we have really lets people kind of keep an eye on whether or not their backups are recent. Of course, a, a backup that's stale and out of date is probably useless. So that's been a, a great one. Auto updates are another one. So we kind of have two sides of the coin when it comes to agency support. Can we help you better illustrate to your clients the value of your services? So that's the report side. And then can we cut your costs? Can we cut how much time you're doing spending maintenance? So making sure your backups are up to date without having to manually go in there and check every day. Auto updates are something we launched recently on the last six, eight months, I believe. And that lets, you know, extensions or, and plugins for WordPress that you trust, you can have them auto update, you know, where you don't even have to think about it. And so now you're saving time when you actually go to do maintenance. The reliable things are already up to date. Your backups are up to date. You can jump in and do maybe the remaining maintenance that might be more challenging or less reliable. You can do that by hand and not have to worry about the trivial stuff that, that you can do in the background. Hey, I, I barely update our Joomla sites anymore. All of our Joomla Shack demo and extension sites, not just our own extensions that run on those sites, but also third-party extensions. I put them all on auto-update in Watchful, and I really can't remember the last time I had an issue updating 30-plus sites automatically. Oh, that's, I mean, that's great to hear. I think in the Joomla world, folks are still hesitant. And we yeah, spoke, definitely. I mentioned them again, the Red Sage folks, they've got a few hundred sites in Watchful and they're not doing any auto updates at all. Maybe they will get more comfortable with it. We just added a new feature to the auto updater and I don't want to talk too much about features, uh, but it's, it's apt here. It allows you to schedule when auto updates occur. 
So maybe you don't want auto updates to occur when you're in bed and a site might break or when you're on vacation. So now you can schedule the times where actually we've, we've, we switched it around. You can exclude blocks of time so that updates never occur, say at night or on the weekends so that you can be confident that if something goes wrong, at least you're in the office, at least you're available and not doing something else important that you don't want interrupted. So not only are we saving time, we're actually kind of improving the convenience factor, I guess you'd say, reducing the number of urgent issues that happen when you're enjoying life and spending time with your family and, or just relaxing, which is also pretty important to us. So you had to make a another big trip to Europe just before the coronavirus. We went to have the big watchful annual retreat, but you also went there to try and research and buy a really popular WordPress plugin. Yeah, I had two trips actually. So um, I uh, we were interested to get a tight backup solution for our WordPress, our expansion into the WordPress world. And so we identified a, a developer who had a solid piece of backup software, but maybe was less interested in, in keeping it around. And so we found a, a really wonderful fellow in Romania who's called Ovi Liuta. And uh, just again, a random Romanian connection there and unrelated to our um, Valentin who lives there also. And I think he had just been tired of doing free support for a decade and life had kind of moved on. And I went to visit him and we had a great meeting and uh, it all worked out. And we ended up buying plugin outright, and then Obi works with us to, and he continues the development on the software. It's called X Cloner. If you haven't seen it on our blog yet, and we hope that as we kind of get in and build tight integrations into Watchful, that WordPress users will have just a really great backup experience. And of course, they've got you know forty, fifty thousand users. Helps us get into the WordPress market in Joomla. You know, we're one of the dominant players in the space. In WordPress, there are lots of players and, you know, in oh, the site. Yeah. It's a different world in WordPress. Yeah. So you kind of have to buy your way in, in in some ways in terms of getting your software in front of people. So that was the other reason we did XCloner, uh, the XCloner acquisition. Yeah. In the Joomla world, there is one backup solution. And right. in the WordPress world, you're happy to be one of the top 10, even though there are probably 30, 40 more. Right. Uh, XCloner is one of the top 10 backup plugins, but it's definitely a busy world. Yeah, and that was the other, you know, when we're vetting the different plugins that might be available for acquisition, you know, being a top 10, top 15 was certainly one of our requirements. I mean, you can fork these things, of course, and have your own version of it, but if no one uses it, you're probably kind of recreating the wheel for no reason. So XCloner fit kind of all, checked all our boxes, reasonably popular. It was in the, I think it was number eight at the time, probably similar still, decent size user base, solid software, responsive developer, nice guy too, by the way. I mean, we like, we like to work with people that are, that we like to like to spend time with. And uh, Obi turns out to be just a really solid young developer, young family. Yeah. He's a really great addition to the team. And I'm super glad I went over there. It was a bit of a gamble for me to meet some guy on the WordPress repo and say, okay, I'm going to fly over to Romania and meet you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it all worked out. And I've had many experiences like that over the years with Joomla and WordPress, just meeting people in the community who turned out to just be just wonderful people. So you've just launched a new website and a, a new documentation site for Xcloner? Yeah, that's right. So we uh, wanted to uh, revamp the site, modernize it. Uh, so the look you know, was a little dated, but also some of the functionality we wanted wasn't there. We wanted to get things going. Uh, most of the support is done on the WordPress repo now. So we're retiring the old 
bulletin board style forum. We want to take care of that, but keep the content for you know SEO purposes, that sort of thing. So that just launched a couple of days ago, xcloner.com. Definitely check that out. I don't think there was ever a public documentation area for xcloner. Folks just kind of figured it out. And I think that says something about xcloner. It's reasonably intuitive, but we really wanted a good documentation site. So we've just switched to a, a static website for the documentation. I mean, it's served to the public statically. Internally, it's GitHub pages and you know, we version control all the stuff, which is also a nice change for us. And speaking of growing, my summer project is to train my 13-year-old uh, not only to be able to build a Joomla site and a WordPress site and to manage them in Watchful, but she's going to learn our uh, documentation workflow in GitHub. And so she's going to have some at least version control skills, if, if not just a little basic experience in HTML and Markdown and that sort of thing. I hope you're paying her well. <laughs> well, I'm deducting rent and food. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a great salary. <laughs> Is this going to be child labor or are you actually going to be paying her a, a decent salary during the summer? I think it will be fine. It's also extremely flexible. It's like three hours a day, four, three days a week. So she still gets to hang out with her friends and do all kinds of things. Hey, maybe she can join us on the podcast in season two. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm wondering if she should join us on our weekly meetings at Watchful. Also, she might uh, either be bored to tears or just kind of maybe morbidly fascinated by the droll <laughs> ins and outs of <laughs> our all-hands meetings. Hey, Dan, she might get an insight into what work is like, all the drudgery and the occasional funny joke. Well, that's what I'm hoping, you know, because as a 13-year-old, she has no work experience, no office experience at all. But, you know, when she's... 10 years from now when she's out looking for a job and she's done college, probably, you know, life will probably be lots of online meetings, you know, going back to an office is uh, not going to be the, the norm as my guess going forward. So Vic, we are about one year on from you becoming the, the sole owner, uh, one year on from taking a big loan to become the sole owner, one year on from having to restart the watchful team and get things going again. How are you feeling at this point? Are you glad you did it? Oh, I'm definitely glad I did it. When things stagnate, so, so our primary responsibility or our goal, I guess, you know, to kind of mix together a little bit, you know, we, we need our agencies to, to trust us. And, and when they give us our trust, we feel responsible then to provide a solid, reliable, responsive platform for them, responsive, like in support, for example. So, when things stagnate, it's bad for our customers, bad for the users, bad for the websites. You know, at the end of the line, you know, there are client websites in our platform that need to be safe and updated and maintained. We take that very seriously. It was hard. It was getting harder and harder to deliver on that promise, even if that promise is just what we discuss in our meetings and, and things. That's still something that I feel passionately about. And so that part, I guess I'm most happy with. I think we were maybe heading to a place where we we're going to have to just say, oh, sorry, we have to go away because you know, we're at an impasse. So I'm glad we never got anywhere near that. But people, our clients are, I mean, they're buying things from us, they're buying services from us, but really what we're selling is trust. People are putting their websites into our platform and they're trusting that we're going to be around. They're trusting that we're not going to sell their data. They're trusting that we're not going to poach their, their customers. <laughs> they put a lot of trust in us. And so we take that very, very, very seriously. So I, I think I'm most happy that we were able to deliver or continue to deliver on that, on the promise of being reliable. And, and I think that's, that's super important. I'm proud of it. So where can people keep in touch with what Watchful is going to be doing over the next couple of months? 
we're taking a, a summer break from the podcast. So outside of the podcast, where can people keep in touch with you and Watchful's News? Yeah, I mean, I, I would start, of course, on our, our blog. You can subscribe on there, or if you're a customer, you're probably already getting our newsletter. So definitely jump on there. Uh, so watchful.net slash blog. And uh, the new Xcloner site will have some news coming up as we deliver new features, and, and we have some other backup-related topics we're going to discuss on there. So xcloner.com. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Vic Drover. And our, for all of our media properties will will have presences on there also. I did. I tend to not overpost on my personal Twitter about the things that are going on um, you know, in Watchful or Xcloner, for example. But the things that I'm really proud of, you'll see on there. Just posted something about our auto updater again because it gives. We think it gives our customers the ability to have a better work-life balance, and we all want that in our life. I think so. I did link to that, but yeah, check out our blog on Watchful.net and Explorer.com, and uh, yeah, you'll stay updated. Awesome, Vic. It's been an exciting year. I hope your daughter has a fun experience working for her new boss this summer. <laughs> yeah, it remains to be seen, but she's definitely excited about the salary. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome, Vic. Um, all the best for the next few months. Thanks, Steve.